What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-host Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. I'm your co-host, Jacqueline Shattuck, or Jackpot J. And we have a very special guest today, the biz lawyer, Miss Rosina Pierce. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. We're so excited to have you. I feel like everything that you talk about in terms of protecting your business mm-hmm. is something that all of our listeners really need to hear. And so yeah. we've been trying to have you on for a long time. Long time. I mean, but we had you're to wait, so busy. We had to wait till the outfit got ready. It was, it was worth <laughs> the wait. Okay, you know, it's so like crazy yes. because um, my driver was just like, "All your joints custom?" I was like, "No, not that <laughs> far." And I was like, "Wow, you really think that?" And I was like. I'm like, that's pressure, man. Cause now I gotta like make yeah, sure, yeah, like, yeah. right? And I'm like, who can I find to like custom design stuff for me now? Cause he really thought like, like I was like, you serious? Or you? He was like, no, I really thought they were our custom. So. Yeah, today check. You check the whole I, I have a guy. I have a guy. I got you. Though. I mean, the, the light flex like, of my driver. Yeah. No. You know right. Right. Like, 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 I, I, I wonder why he thought that. You, you know have a personal shopper. Um, I, I, so, my makeup artist, um, she, I just made her, like, the, you know, the director of beauty department. Wow. Like, so, like, so, you know, wow. she puts together I, wait, hair and makeup. I gotta set my game up. And if I be like, you know what, I need this. And she lives in Buckhead, so it, it makes it easier. So, she called her friends that all work at the mall, and they just go shopping mm, for us and I make it work. Because I, I live pretty far out in Atlanta. I don't live. You know, I live far out, so it, it helps to have someone who can just run and grab you the things you need. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so have you always had custom or near custom clothes and yeah. custom uh, services? Where you came, wait, tell me where you came from, baby girl. Tell me where you came from. I am from the west side of Chicago, um, and no, I, I haven't. Um, I'm actually... From a place where it's like everybody thinks they got to do everything for themselves, right? And being grandma for themselves. But as a CEO of a law firm, a multi-million dollar law firm, I realized... But no, I realized just like how important your time is, right? And how valuable your time is. And I remember doing like a time study where it says like, okay, once we truly understand how valuable our time is, I have no problem paying somebody, you know what I'm saying, their rate, because I know how valuable my time is. So I just really value time right now, my time and my peace. It's like something that's it's, very It's valuable. so funny you say that, because I've got this quote that I say all the time, is that the true cost of anything is the amount of life you're willing to trade for, right? Exactly. And when you realize the value of your time, to your point, it goes both ways. It's like, okay, well, my time is worth X. I'm not about to be cutting grass, doing these things because you understand the value of your time and there's someone that should be doing that and it's not me. So exactly. it's, it's a mindset shift, but no, that's, that's super but, cool. But I love what you say about having time and peace because I feel like 
an attorney would know that more than anybody. Like, yeah. can you kind of share with us some of your experience in the law field and like how that got you to the conclusion of time and peace are most important? Yeah. Um, so when I was in law school, I had my three kids at the time. And, you know, I remember like just saying like, you know, my last semester of law school, I'm coming out of law school. I just had my baby. Um, so she's three months when I started studying for the bar exam. At the time, my son is 11. And my daughter is seven. And I remember having a conversation with my mom like, man, I don't want to fail the bar exam, but I also want to be here with my baby, my infant, my newborn. And she was like, you know, do you remember when you were three months old? And I was like, no, actually, I don't. She said, how about five months old? Let's say, how about a year old? Do you remember when you was two? Yeah. And I'm like, no. She was like, well... I need you to go in and focus. This baby going to be all right. You all right. I took care of you. I'm going to take care of this baby. You know, she had the help of my husband at the time. She's like, I'm going to take care of this baby. They going to be good, but I need you to focus right now. And so what it taught me was that, like, you really have to hone in and be laser focused, right? Regardless of, like, society would have judged me and said, you know, I'm a bad mommy because I'm spending 16 hours in a library when I stopped breastfeeding my child so that I can get to this. So it's it's really about, okay, I got to be very strategic on how I utilize this time. Fast forward, my daughter is nine. My son's going to be 21 years old. And my daughter is 17 years old. And they are the proudest of me, right? Because they see their mother as a lawyer, a CEO that's getting it. But had I not been, you know, very particular and strategic with my time at that time, we wouldn't be where we are today. Facts. Mm, and, and, and it's so important to understand that balance because it's like, well, for me, it's a hits home, as they know. I, I have a, a six-month-old, right? Mm. Son, right? So I'm here right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just telling them, like, it's just different. It's a challenge. I got to, like, I'm trying to come out, go out of town and everything is, is different. But just knowing that what you're doing is for them, yeah. but, but wrestling with, like, you still wanting to be present at the same time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's def- it definitely something that hits home for me. For yeah. sure. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. So... You went through that whole process of raising your children while also raising your law firm, right? Yeah. What kind of process was that like? So so when I first took the bar exam, I took it in the end of February. And so you got to wait a couple of months to just find out if you pass or not, right? And so um, my first, um, you know, being home that March, basically, I realized that I did like being at home when my kids came home from school. And so when I found that I passed on the first time, first of all, no excuses. Three kids yeah. in college studying 16 hours a day, newborn, mm-hmm. passed the bar on the first time. Don't yeah. ever say you can't do anything. Don't ever say Is this Illinois? Illinois bar exam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I passed the first time. Um, so I found out April 1st that I passed. And so I was like, is this April? Did I really do it? <laughs> you know, I had to make sure it was, I had to get the evidence first yeah, yeah. to make sure before we like celebrate or whatever. But then um, what, once that happens, before you get sworn into the bar, under Illinois law, you have to take a professional responsibility class. So now realizing, okay, I actually passed the bar. I'm about to be a lawyer. But I actually sat with myself for a whole entire month. Like, this is my first time, no school, no work, since I was 14 years old. And I, I, I believe God allowed me that time to just sit and be still with myself and realize okay, I really do like being at home when my kids come home from school. But I wanted to be a lawyer since I was five, and that's happening now. So, like, what do I do in the midst of this? And so I say God make no mistakes because that professional responsibility class 
was actually taught by a professor who taught lawyers how to start their own law firm. And so I remember on break, like explaining to him, because in it, in my mind still, I'm thinking I got to go work for a big law firm. I want to for a corporation law. Partner. Exactly. So I'm still thinking like, I'm, that's up against me, but I'm still like, I want to be a mother. I want to engage in motherhood with my kids. And so then he tells me, he, you know, he said, you know, have you ever thought about starting your own law practice? And I was like, no, I actually never thought about that. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? I said, I want to do intellectual property law. And he said, you know, you'll go a long way serving the underserved. And I was like, look, you're not hearing me. I don't want to do criminal law. Like, majority of my family, they didn't see. 26 in California, if you're from Chicago, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to be on 26 in California. That's where the criminal jails is, right? And so I'm like, I don't want to have that for my life. You know, I kind of grew up in that, like visiting my family in jails and things like that. I'm like, I don't want to do that. He was like, no. What, who is underserved in your community? The practice area that you want to practice in. And I said, small business owners. And he was like, you'll go a long way serving the underserved. And I believe God had to send him to send that message to me because when he said it, it clicked. And I was like, I really can start my own law practice and tell small business owners and entrepreneurs why it's so important that they protect and secure their brand because that's where the power is going to come within the ownership of actually owning a business. And you know, you know, I had a plan where I was looking at the Chicago law firm salary of 160K a year, right? But God had a bigger plan, which include like I can get that same salary in a month in my business. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's what's that's yeah. what's been happening. So yeah. um, you know, I just really appreciate that I was led to that and I was exposed to that. So yeah. speaking so speaking of, of intellectual property, right? For those who who don't know, right? Like, mm-hmm. you kind of just educate us on, on the fundamentals of what intellectual property is all about and mm-hmm. why it's so important for small business owners to protect themselves. Yeah, it's it's very important. And I feel like that I took a long way to answer your question, and I'll go back to it, about motherhood and business and things like that. But as far as um, intellectual property, I always say an educated entrepreneur is a successful entrepreneur, right? Like, you know, like, if you know things, you just do better, right? And so... Most of the times people be like, oh, I want to patent my name. I want to copyright my name. But I think we have to just at least understand, like, you know, why we have intellectual property and what are the different types of intellectual property and the purposes of them. So we have a copyright. A copyright is a creative expression fixed into a tangible medium that can protect like your poem, your courses, your photographs, your pictures, even your logos. Right. But what we need to know, too, is a copyright is vested to the creator. So whoever the creator is that create that work by default, they are the copyright owner. So why is that important? If I'm an entrepreneur and I pay a graphic designer to create my logo for me. Right. I'm thinking, because I paid him, it's mine. mine. But technically, he actually owns the copyright unless I have him sign off on a written agreement that transfer those rights to me. That's the only way the rights can be transferred, right? An educated entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur. So so going deep on that real quick, if you purchase something from them and you say, hey, you like to send them a message like, 
okay, I own the copyright to this now. And they're like, yeah, sure. Does that constitute or do they need an actual agreement? Well, no, that's that's a transfer in writing, right? Okay, okay. But what I would say is, right, because we don't want to leave anything up for interpretation of courts, right? Mm -hmm. And because there's no signature or anything like that, because here's the thing. A copyright lasts 70 years plus the life of the author, right? So which means those rights survive them in death, right? So even if that was their intention, they might get a clever estate attorney, right, to, to, to um, you know, oversee their estate. And the estate wants to collect all outstanding payments for the estate, right? So if I'm representing a graphic designer who had all these amazing creative works and I see stuff featured in Madison Times Square and, you know, all on billboards and things like that, I need my, my client's estate to be paid those royalties for that. Because it's 70 years plus the life of the author. Mm. So I want it to just be signed in writing, right? Oh, so yeah. so we don't have to end up in court saying that, well, that was his intention, that was his interpretation, but then the other side is saying, but there's no signature to say that he agreed to that, right? So we just want to get it in writing and get a signature if possible. That's okay. the best type of way, just to try to avoid those things. And then we have patents, right? A patent is a set of rights granted to an inventor, right? From the government, a patent only lasts 20 years, but a patent will cover like something of use, like something utilitarian, like if you create like, you know, a vacuum cleaner, right? Or a new way that it sucks up dirt or a design patent will also cover for 14 to 15 years. And then we have a trade secret. A trade secret is the only type of intellectual property you don't have to register with the government. Why is that? It's a, it's a secret, yeah, yeah. exactly, right? It's a secret. Um, but so in order for it to be recognized under the law as a trade secret, one, it has to be a secret. Mm -hmm. Two, it has to be a value, meaning it can make money. Mm -hmm. And then three, you have to take reasonable measures to protect that secret. So not a lot of us as entrepreneurs know that our customer list is a, uh, could be considered a trade secret. Our email list could be considered a trade secret, right? Mm -hmm. So in order to take reasonable measures to protect that, if I'm hiring someone to do my email marketing for me, I need them to sign off on what we call a non-disclosure agreement and a confidentiality agreement and also a non-solicitation because if they ever decide to leave my company, they list. can't take my email list to my competitor, right? Because right. my competitor will have a competitive edge if they have my email list, right? right so right. Um, that's the trade secret. And then the fourth one, of course, is a trademark. Right. And the trademark is a source identifier for consumers to relate back to where a product or service come from. That can be a name, a slogan, a logo or either a sound. Not a lot of people know, but you can also trademark a sound. So you got mail. That's a trademark. Right. Um, you know, um, the Harlem Globetrotters, their sound. That's a registered trademark. It's only about 60 registered trademarks for S sounds. What's up, guys? Have you ever been just like chilling on the couch and trying to find something to watch on Netflix and you're browsing, you're scrolling, and you just can't seem to find anything that you either one, haven't already watched or just doesn't seem that interesting? Well, I have the solution for you because if you're listening to the Melanin Money Show, then I know that you care about taking your financial life to the next level. And that's exactly why we created Financial Flicks. So instead of Netflix and chill, you can financial flicks and chill and you can find on-demand videos across personal finance, wealth building and entrepreneurship. And right now you can test drive financial flicks for just a dollar by clicking the link in the show notes. Go to melaninmoney.com forward slash financial flicks and check out all of the on-demand videos we have, plus all the other features that you'll get access to by joining today. So is Netflix 
their dun dun whatever that is like is that trademark I, I didn't know netflix had a sound but i mean they that's a that's a slight flex yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, I don't even watch i don't watch enough tv to know yeah. <laughs> I, no no yeah. I, I don't watch tv but <laughs> but like i do remember the nbc charm right yeah. as a little girl you know the nbc charm right. um law and order right because yeah. mm -hmm. of course obviously so yeah. cliche that i'm a lawyer yeah. and I know that, right? Right, right. but um that is one but netflix um i will have to tune yeah. in and see so let me ask you this because um, obviously, me and you are on the same mastermind. I never thought about a trademark until you came in the room. Like, oh, yeah. maybe I should like, yeah. and I got my trademarks done through you. Um, what are some of the mistakes and some of the, like the? Because I, th I think the audience needs to hear that. Cause everybody like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that later. Yeah, and trademark is always something that gets kicked down the road, right? Oh, yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. yeah. So, what's some like bad experiences that you've seen some of your clients have to go through? Yeah. So that a trademark, having a proper trademark, would have fixed. So basically, like starting a whole business, right? Starting a whole business with the misconception. Well, I have the state approved my LLC, so I own this business, right? But you own. So first and foremost, I think entrepreneurs, like I said, educated entrepreneurs, the successful one. We need to understand the purposes of incorporation, right? And when I say incorporation, I'm using it as a verb because a lot of times people think the LLC is the end all be all. When you know, right, it, you might be in better position to have a corporation instead of an LLC, right? But the purpose is for legally is to shield the owner from any legal liability that is to arise up out of that business. It's also for the purpose of taxes, right? Like tax benefits and things like that. And also too, if you want to have like venture, venture capitalists invest in a business, um, you know, they're, you know, they're more inclined to invest in a business than a sole proprietor, right? Because they don't want to be taking your arm, but they do want to take a piece of the business. But, you know, so I think people need to understand that and then also understand by incorporating, it does not give you ownership to the brand name, right? Mm -hmm. It gives you, like we said, those type of protections, but trademarking is what gives you ownership to the brand name. So I always ask people, and I'll ask you all, will you build a house on land you don't own? No, no. Don't make sense, yeah. right? So why do we build brands and businesses if we do not own mm -hmm. them? It's right. the same equivalent, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing. You can go in, you can build that house up, right? You can put the nicest chandelier in there, the, the, the you know, the stained windows, the, the floor to ceiling windows and things like that. But if you're not the landowner, the landowner gets to say, you know what? I just like to look at the land in the dirt. Tear that down. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing with a business because here's the thing. The worst thing I have seen is somebody go out and they invest in their business, start their business, got everything rolling, go and invest in product packaging, right? Spend over like $10,000 in product packaging only to get a cease and desist letter and the owner demand that you turn that product packaging over to them for destruction. For destruction, they didn't even and want it. under the law, they have that right. That's the coverage under the statute. As the brand owner, if someone has anything that bears your name, and not even your name, it might be something that's confusingly similar right. to that name. Under the law, they can demand that you turn that over for destruction. So there's benefits in trademarks, but also too, you can get caught up and people be like, you know what, I'm trying to, I'm trying to secure the bag, but you gotta secure the brand so you can secure the bag. Yeah. Because you're investing in your money and it's 
it's at risk of being taken. You know, the other probably big misconception mm-hmm. is people get a domain name and think, well, I got the domain name, so yeah. I got the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Built, built a whole brand, a whole campaign right. around. We had, you know, instance in our in our group where they spent like six figures on a launch mm-hmm. and they realized they didn't own the name. Yeah. And that six-figure launch is just gone. And yeah. So that, that's that's when that shoot first, ask questions later comes back to bite you. <laughs> and here's the thing. The worst thing I tell people is to go buy a domain name and you do not own the trademark. Because again, right, I know somebody who spent $25,000 on a domain name, right? Only to get a cease and desist letter like, no, I own the trademark to that. So domain names does domain names social media handles does not give you exclusive ownership rights to the brand. You got to see the trademark office, right? It's like 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 Nike is incorporated under the Secretary of State of Oregon, but they own their trademark with the USPTO, which is the federal government, to have that coverage across the country. Clubhouse, for instance, right after getting a $4 billion valuation, they got hit with a trademark infringement lawsuit. Like, they were able to settle that out, but that hurts that valuation, right? Yeah, sure. like, it, like, people think I'm saying it because I'm just a trademark lawyer, right. but yeah, I am saying it just because I'm a trademark. But like, but like you're doing it from a good place of heart. Like, yo, like, so here's a here's a problem. As a people, like we just are now getting those entrepreneurial way. Like so being a becoming yeah. a business owner is like we don't have a blueprint on what to do yeah. and what not to do. We just yeah. trying to get the business started so we can make money to feed yeah. our family. But where you coming in as like, yo, this is cool, but we gotta think bigger. If yeah. you want legacy, if you want mm-hmm. ownership, if you actually wanna pass it down to your kids, we can't think about just opening the business is good enough. Yeah. We gotta think about having our T's crossing our eyes dotted if we're gonna try to pass this down. And also, I said earlier that a copyright lasts 70 years plus the life of the author, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A patent will last 20 years or 14 to 15 years if it's a design patent. A trade secret will last as long as the secret. How long do you think a trademark lasts? Hmm. I never asked you that. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. 25 25 years? As long as you use it, you will not lose it. Mm, Coca-Cola's right. been registered since 1893. Wow. Mercedes been registered since 1903. So as long as you use that trademark in the marketplace, you will not lose it. Your trademark can outlive you. So like Carter said, so I own a trademark secure the brand. I also own the trademark secure your legacy because it really is tied to your legacy. You can't pass something down if you don't own it, right? And there's a lot of trademark cases that come up related to deceased people because that brand is still protected because they are a living legacy. For instance, um, Bob Marley, his family goes out the rightfully so. Like, if you're going to use my daddy name, right? Pay our estate because we own that name. Bob Marley is a very popular figure, right? Just recently, all the little um, wedding chapels in Las Vegas that did not have a license to use the Elvis Presley brand just got hit with cease and desist letters not to use his name anymore. Like you, like the thing is, like like Birdman said, put some respect on my name. People put respect on your name when you own your name, right? And it's just like. 
you can get royalty payments, like you can license the brand out. It's so many different things that you can do. Like Virgil, you know, rest in peace to him. He did something so very smart when he when he first started the off-white brand. He licensed that brand to another company, but he always still held the power and the legacy of the ownership of it. So once that license was over, he went and did what he, the deal he did with Louis Vuitton, right? And maybe he knew something, because when we all seen the deal, we like, why did he... Yeah. Why did he, you know, but he knew, you know, his his days were numbered, which was very smart because now his family is set up for life. What's going on, guys? George Pong here, and I am the founder of Melanin Money, the number one brand for wealth builders of color. You know, I look at wealth building like a sport in every sport. You got to have a uniform. And so what is the official uniform for wealth builders of color? That's where Melanin Money comes in. So if you go to melaninmoney.com and use code MELANIN15, you'll get 15% off your order of the entire store. And I think you're going to absolutely love our latest additions, right? It's literally a um, productized emotion of what it feels like to build black wealth, right? But you get to wear it. Um, you get to share the world, like your hard work that you're doing on this journey of building wealth. And we can't wait for you to join Team Black Wealth by shopping melaninmoney.com. Through that, right? So it's like he kind of built like, you know, this legacy with the uh, with this bigger brand to make yeah. sure that his family is always taken care of. And, and what comes to mind for me is just like, I think, think that most people, and I probably didn't even think about it, is when you truly own the trademark, like you say, you truly own the business, and it just gives you so many different avenues, right? Mm -hmm. To where you can still make money off of that IP, yeah. right? Like if you might go to Walmart and see like a Mickey Mouse collection, it's like, okay, well, yeah, they're getting money from Walmart. So yeah. it's like, if people need to open up their mind around the power and the leverage that the actual trademark and owning the business can do. Because yeah. it can, if you build your brand big enough, you can make, it can be an independent moneymaker. Exactly. And you, yeah. like, I remember being at Disney World with my daughter, um, the little one at the time, because the big kids got, they thought they were too grown to go to Disney. I'm like, I always wanted to go to Disney World. And it was, we had a great time, but I remember seeing all these kids walking around with these Mickey and Minnie shoes, but they were bands. And I was like, wow, that's so smart. Because see, bands is popular to teenagers, right? So Disney like, look, yo, we'll do a deal with you all. We'll license the brand to you all. Y'all in the business of making shoes. Y'all already got this audience. We'll do it. And now the kids all in Walt Disney World walking around with Mickey and Minnie Vans on. Like, it's the power of licensing your business. And, you know, um, just like, you know, like sometimes you, I did a deal with one of my clients where somebody came and paid her about upwards close to six figures just to coexist with her. Like, it, it, it can, can you it tell is. us more about that? Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. well, it's just basically like, say, for instance, you have a business, right? You have your brand name. And maybe, like, if they were to come in the space, it might look like, say, for instance, you're a photographer, right? And they have a videography business. You know, you never want to tap into that side of it. But they can pay you to coexist and utilize a brand name that's kind of similar to your brand name. But you guys make it so that it's clear that this is a different source provider from you. But in order for them to even exist, they got to come through you because you were the first owner of the brand itself. Yeah, because just because you own a trademark and somebody uses it, you don't have to send them a cease letter, right? You can say, hey, you know what? I like what you're doing. I see what you're doing. This is, this is a copyright, I mean, it's trademark infringement on if you use it, but how about this? I want you to use it, but you gotta pay me X amount of dollars a month. 
Right. And if you don't pay me, you got then it. now right. we, yeah. I'm going to ask. So you can literally yeah. be a money maker. Like you, yeah. pay, you pay me $25,000 a month. Yeah. You already pay all this upfront cost. Mm-hmm. Pay me 25k a month, then we good. Yeah. And then now your trademark is literally making you money literally. on top yeah. of the on top of the business. Exactly. What is, what is that time frame, the use it or lose it time frame? So under the law, if someone can prove that you abandon the rights three years consecutively and that you have no intention on reviving, then they can prove you abandon your rights. So that's why we always say if you it will last as long as you use it, you will not lose it. So use is very, very important. Under trademark law, it's very, very important. Um, You know, y'all probably heard of the famous Blue Ivy Carter case situation, right? And so um, with against the wedding planner, and you know, they thought they had one because Jay-Z, like, I think he was quoted in like GQ magazine saying like, we just trademarked her name because we, um, you know, we didn't want nobody else to use it. We don't have any intentions of using it, but we don't want nobody else. To, and that's like a lawyer's nightmare. Don't say that. Like, do not say that. But here's where we play chess and not checkers as attorneys, right? Because Rockefeller said you, you own nothing, you control everything, right? Mm-hmm. And because Jay-Z technically is not the owner of that trademark, the trademark was actually owned by BGK IP holding company. What he said doesn't matter. It's hearsay. So that evidence is invisible. Just not checkers. checkers. Yeah. What would you say to entrepreneurs that are hearing this? Jesus Christ, that just blew my head. Lawyer lawyer talk is crazy, man. It's always love. It's all hearsay. That's a hearsay. That shit don't matter. But CPA talk, it blows my head. I'm going to start using that with y'all. Be ready. It's hearsay. It's hearsay. So I'm pretty sure there's some entrepreneurs listening to this right now, and they're like, She's so right, but dang, like I'm operating behind the eight ball. I don't own my trademark. I got this individual stuff that I probably should be copywriting. What, what would you encourage them to do to not feel overwhelmed if they're trying to unravel maybe like some bad decisions? They just didn't know. Like you said, yeah, educate yeah. entrepreneurs is a successful one. What would you educate them to kind of like back into getting things rectified? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a personal financial advisor that you could ask questions to to help you navigate, you know, spending decisions, help you, you know, figure out investments that make sense for you to help you achieve financial success. Well, you no longer have to wonder that because we created that inside the Melanin Millionaires Club with our flagship feature, Pocket Advisor. With Pocket Advisor, it's just like it sounds. You have an advisor right in your pocket where you can ask a real expert, real questions in real time to help you navigate your journey towards financial success. So if you want to learn more about that, click the link in the show notes, go to melaninmoney.com forward slash pocket advisor to learn how you can get an advisor in your pocket for less than $2 a day. Start immediately, like start now immediately. I know a lot of people, especially like t-shirt designers and things like that, they'd be like, girl, I got a thousand t-shirt designs, right? And so I'd be like, okay, well, let's start with your top three first, right? Like, let's not try to buy, because sometimes people will get so overwhelmed and feel intimidated and just be like, I'm not going to do nothing, right? And then now they're becoming in a reactive state when something happens, right? Versus being proactive, which when... Being proactive, it's a lot cheaper than being reactive. Because when we got a problem, now we're up against litigation, that type of thing. So I would just say, you know, start immediately protecting it. And here's a common question I always get from entrepreneurs too. What if I just ain't got the money, right? I'm going to tell you, as an entrepreneur, you got to be creative on how you raise resources. 
period, point blank. Like you just have to, that, that's just the nature of being an entrepreneur, right? You might got to raise money to make payroll. You got to raise money to pay taxes. You used to raising money. Inventory, <laughs> right? And so it makes sense to make sure that the, the, the building of what you're building is protected first. We don't leave our car lots without car insurance, right? right. So we want to make sure that our, our intellectual property is protected. Yeah. You know what would be dope? It's almost if somebody created like, an entrepreneur, like, order of operations checklist. Because I, I feel like people just don't know. Like, what is the mm -hmm. first thing? What is the second thing that you should do? Because most, most people think domain, mm -hmm. right? Social media, all, all the, like, the brand stuff. But you don't yeah. own it, right? Yeah. So it's like a checklist of, like, here's the order of operations of things you need to secure and in what way yeah. should you do that. And I would say the first thing is really just sitting down and thinking, because our name is going to be attached to everything, right? And just thinking about the, de like, developing that name, right? Like, it's a term, you know, that the medical industry, research and development, right? And development is so important because sometimes people come to me and be like, girl, God gave me this name. And I'd be like, he gave it to 13,000 other people too. <laughs> you know, like, you know, first think about, like, the development of it, because really, truly, and intellectual property under trademark law, the more distinctive the name is, mm -hmm. the easier it is to get it registered right. and also to protect it from your intentional or unintentional infringers because they really have no reason to use it because it's nothing related to the industry, right? right, right. So for instance, we have like Nike and Exxon and Kodak. Those, they don't mean anything. Disney, they don't mean anything as it relates to the industry. So it gives their competitors no reason to use it, right? But if you say, oh, I sell tissue. Well, everybody's selling tissue, right? And everybody have to identify that. So that's why we want to put a distinctive term to it, right? So we say Charmin's tissue, right? Or Angel Soft tissue, that type of thing. But also too, like if you're going to use something that's so like, you know, um, descriptive, put it to something that it doesn't relate to anything like Apple. Yeah. Apple is one of the biggest brands, right? But they're not selling apples. Right. They're selling electronic products. So if you like a catchy name, but make sure it's associated with something that does not relate to it at all. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then research. Make sure, like, no one else is using Like, do the research. Do it quick. Is it free to do the research? Or do they have to hire a trademark? So we're looking for because it's not about what's the same under trademark law. It's about what can be deemed confusingly similar. So, you know, you might just start, but start with just searching a name, right? And then you want to hire an attorney to do a deeper search because we're going to search the things that can possibly be a likelihood of confusion. Right. Love it, love it. Um... We can go by the trademark. I'm just curious, as a, as a friend, mm -hmm. where did you get this um, entrepreneur like mentality from? Like, because you seem like a you know very. I mean, you are a very successful entrepreneur. Yeah. Was it just a was getting entrepreneurship just a straight shot for you, easy, or was it like trials and tribulations? Because I, I think people see you now like. You know, you have a the design manager. She said, "Design no, manager, no, 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 director, <laughs> director of beauty. You have a director of beauty and a driver. And you have a driver. And she doesn't like, watch TV." And don't watch TV. <laughs> but can you walk us through, like, you know, kind of your entrepreneur journey? You told us how you started, but you didn't tell us how you started to where you are now. I'm kind yeah. of curious in that story. Yeah, and so, and that ties back to your question, right? Like, balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship. And I really do think, like, I didn't, like, God was preparing me for what I didn't know that was coming before, right? Um, I worked for banks. I worked for a law firm. Um, in my, you know, in my, and I do believe, like, all of those skills that I learned now supports me as a CEO 
as a working person, right? So I never say like, oh no, everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. Like it's just certain things that you gotta be in training with before you can kind of just jump out there, right? All the way from like when I was a bank teller and I'm balancing the, the bank at the end of the night, right? It helps me with balancing my books, right? Like even though I'm, my CPA does it and things, but it's certain things that I'm looking for that it helped me with. Also too, um, a lot of lawyers, you know, have a problem with just client service skills. I'm very big on client service, right? Like for me, I had a customer service background. I worked in a call center, um, you know, and I was a teller and I had cl customers that were wait for me on a teller line because they only wanted to deal with me because of the service I gave them. So I'm always telling my team, like, look, we give Chick-fil-A service, nothing less. You know, I'm a black business woman. So already people coming to me thinking, yeah, right. oh, well, we yeah. finna get here, right? Yeah. And I need y'all to like blow their mind out the water with exceptional service, right? And I learned that because I come from a customer service background. And sometimes a lot of us, we, we kind of don't know that if we never serve first, right? Like sometimes you gotta, like you gotta be in service. And I say, God knew better than me because I was just in service and didn't even know he was preparing me, right? To be a CEO, a to be a leader, right? But you gotta serve first. Like, right. and a lot of people don't get that. And I, I didn't know I was gonna be an entrepreneur. I, it wasn't in the plans. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer, right? right? Since I was five, but I didn't know until that professor dropped that seed in me and was like, you know, you could do your own thing or whatever. But once it once it came and once it began, a lot of law school prepared me to go on that entrepreneurial journey because in law school, the first day they tell you, first and foremost, you're going to lose some people. The law is a jealous mistress. She wants all your time, okay? And people are not going to understand that, right? But also, too, entrepreneurship. Oh, That's a jealous right. bitch too. She, she wants she wants all your time too. Right. And if you come from an environment where I come from, where nobody, none of my people went to law school, none of my people are entrepreneurs, right? So then they began to confuse my focus for acting funny, and I'm like, focus no, I'm just, I'm just focused right now, you yeah. know. And so it's just like it, like it had to prepare me. But the first day they tell you you're gonna lose some people and. 10% of y'all won't be here because we flunking y'all out. We kicking y'all out. And so like, but I'm, you know, I'm happy they gave us that conversation. Like from the door, I always tell my clients, set the tone from the beginning. Like have people sign contracts from the beginning. And that's what they did the first day of law school to say, look, if you hit a play, go now. Because we don't need that, right? In our field, you you can't play at this. We're dealing with people's lives. We're dealing with people's money. Like, we're dealing, you know, with people's legacies. We can't play at this. And so it just really helped me. Like, he was training me. He was molding me. When I say he got, he was molding me for something I didn't even know was coming about. And so I appreciate all of those things now. And I'm able to reflect back now. And I translate it into my entrepreneur journey. And I always say, you treat people like you want to be treated. It's going to take you further. And a lot of times we jump out to do business when we should be trying to do relationships because the relationship going to take us further than you want to It's just so real. And a lot of times people trying to get to the numbers and I'm very goal oriented and trying to hit the numbers, but I'm, I'm very invested in the relationships that I'm building with my clients, with my peers, with other entrepreneurs and things like that, because it's just certain things like 
what you know won't get you there, but who you know may get you there, right? Like, you know, that's a perfect situation yeah, exactly, right there. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we definitely finessed that play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about it on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know it's said you should get a health checkup at least once a year. My question is, when's the last time you had a financial health checkup? My guess, it's probably been a while. And that's why we created the Wealth Health Score. Whether you're financially out of shape or financially elite, the Wealth Health Score is going to tell you exactly where you stand and what things you can do to get into the best financial health possible. So visit MyWealthHealthScore.com to get your score today. You just said a lot of really powerful things there. One Mm -hmm. thing that stood out to me was just being in service to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I really liked that. I think one thing that I learned from somebody, an attorney being in service, was the difference between, like, the TM symbol and, Mm -hmm. like, the registered, like... Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that a little yeah. bit more? Yeah, so the TM symbol, um, it just, it means trademark. And when you put the TM symbol by your brand, that's telling the public that you are holding this brand out as a trademark. It doesn't have any technical rights attached to it. It doesn't have any legal rights attached to it. So what I tell people, if you want to use that TM symbol and you're putting that brand out there, your application should at least be on file. It's not required to be on file, but think about it. If I see somebody and they got a TM symbol with a brand that I've been using, what's the first thing I'm going to do? Go look it up, see if they own it, and I'm probably going to file it because I'm like, no, this is mine, right? Um, And then you use the R symbol with the circle once it's registered. Now, this is very, very important. You only use that symbol once you have a registered trademark. The reason being is because if you're using that symbol and you do not have a registered trademark, someone can report you to the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission, and you can be penalized and, and um, you know, in tax because you are decept- you are deceiving the public by telling them this is a registered brand and it's not. And the FTC does not like deception upon the public, so... Is there, yeah, is there like any like instant, you know, like a big instance where that happened? So right now, um, the FTC has been, it happened like wilds back, but the FTC is really big on like email marketing compliance and text message marketing compliance. So I know companies that has got hit with big fines for not having, so when you're doing text message marketing, it should be stopped. At the bottom. So, mm-hmm. so where they can always opt out at any time. If you don't have that, people have seen heavy fines because they didn't have the word stop. Or at unsubscribe the bottom. At the uh, uh, for the email as well. And so that's why also, too, like most of your email providers will make people opt in, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't want like false solicitation and things like that because the FTC will come after you. So when the internet, you know, when the internet came about Mm -hmm. and all this email marketing, text message marketing, they really got heavy on that because consumers were reporting people like, hey, I never gave this person my phone number. I never gave them my email address. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's big. I think that's really important to know, like especially for our entrepreneurs who are listening. Like you just gave a lot of really good, solid information that I think they need to know. Mm -hmm. Hey, y'all, she's like, just fire. Like, I mean, yeah, she, she, she's done my years. trademarks. Like, her customer service is amazing. Let me tell you that from experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just really appreciate you because I think it's just something that we don't, 
as a people care about enough. Yeah. And as entrepreneurs, it's like the new athletes right now, yeah. right? So y'all better like stop playing yeah. yourself before your before your name get taken. So how can people tap in with you uh, after listening to the show? They want you to help them search or like you know get that trademark. Yes, please follow me on Instagram at the Biz Lawyer. That's T H E B I Z Lawyer. That's the best way. It goes down in the DMs. We do. We welcome DMs, right? Like when people be like, no DMs in their bio. I'm like, they tripping because they look like they ain't got no money. That's all right. Ah. <laughs> like you, you uh. definitely want to make it easy for people right. to connect with you. So, yeah. um, please send us a DM. Um, we we welcome it for sure. And entrepreneurship is like the new you know, athlete, rapper type of things. And so we want to make sure we're protecting ourselves, we're shielding ourselves, because we don't want to give anybody no excuse to tear our legacies down from us. That's a fact. So what I was thinking was, like, she's just so, like, full of information. Can we do, like, a quick rapid fire? Like, Q&A? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all want to each give, like, a word? And we'll let you give, like, a quick response. Okay, we'll see. Um, (laughs) What would you give advice to uh, a... a young woman that wants to be an entrepreneur like you? I would say, don't give up. My father always taught me quitters never win, winners never quit. You're a winner, so don't quit. When you hear the word legacy, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, I think about my family, my kids, and they kids that I have not met yet. Don't want to meet them too soon. (laughs) (laughs) And and their kids. Kids. Dope, dope, dope. When I ask you, what does it mean to be a melanin millionaire? Um, It means to be very responsible, um, be a role model for the black community. Um, Even if I didn't sign up for it, I have to be responsible. I got to be respectable with my money so that my money can respect me so that everybody can look at me like a melanin millionaire. (laughs) That was an amazing episode. Thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom. Y'all, you already know what to do. Make sure that you leave a five-star review, subscribe, tap in with her on Instagram, hit her in the DMs, and uh, until next time. Peace. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.